Uh, I would like for our families and communities to understand that the Yellow Bus is more than just a way to and from school. Our team, our entire team, is truly committed to being a partner with our families and our schools to support our students throughout their education. Welcome back to the Building Blocks podcast. This is a podcast devoted to highlighting the people and programs that are the building blocks of Pearland ISD. As always, I will be your host, the proud superintendent, Mr. Berger. Our goal over the next 30 minutes or so is to make sure our listeners, parents, students, and community have an inside look on who or what is building Pearland Proud. And today, my goodness, do we have some pride at the table. We have the leader of the department that drives our district. Early in the morning, late at night, on the weekends, on the holidays, he and his team work to ensure that our students are present for education and all activities. Please welcome our Director of Transportation, Mr. Keith Kopp. Oh, well, thank you for having me here this morning. I appreciate it. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here. We're going to talk about transportation because it is truly what drives our district. To give our community an idea of what happens in transportation, can you highlight our ridership, our transportation staff, and all the work that goes into getting a student from point A to point B? Well, sure. Here in Pearland, we help over 12,000 students to get to and from school each day on 118 bus routes, and we travel over one and a half million miles a year. Not to mention field trips, athletic trips, extracurricular support, all of those things that uh, uh, you know, help support our students. We have 185 members of our team, including bus drivers, bus monitors, shop staff, office support staff, who are all dedicated to serving our students. Each of our team members understands that without the yellow bus, many of our students couldn't access education. They wouldn't be able to get to and from school each day, let alone be successful. But our drivers and monitors are more than just a service provider. They care for their students. They get to know the parents at the stop. They celebrate with their students. They comfort them when they need it, all while they're trying to navigate through some pretty serious uh, traffic conditions sometimes. And believe it or not, folks, that big yellow bus, you don't always see it because sometimes you're bumping into it. That is true. Sometimes that happens. Um, we, we hate when that happens, but uh, sometimes we are the unfortunate magnet that seems to attract other vehicles sometimes. So, so with that, you mentioned our, our ridership, 12,000 plus students. Is that more or less than we normally have? That is uh, about the average of what we've had uh, over the last few years. We have seen an increase in it. We transport about 60,000, uh, 60, 60% of our, uh, of our student population that ride the bus to and from each day. So that, that is a huge undertaking. Like you said, transportation is really, and I love the culture that you have there, it provides the access for our students to make sure they're able to get where they need to go for education or activities. Absolutely. So if I'm a Pearland ISD parent, how do I get my student on a school bus? Well, everything begins when the parent completes the bus rider registration form in Skyward. Uh, for newly enrolled students, this is part of that new form packet that they fill out to enroll their student. And for students that are returning each year, that is part of the re-verification packet that is filled out each year. But that's what tells us who needs to ride, who doesn't, so that we can begin building our routes. Um, when the parent indicates that on the form, we're able to import that into our routing software, and that gives us the ability to start scheduling as effectively and efficiently as we can to be able to get students on the bus. Once they're scheduled on a, a, a bus stop, a bus route, then our route coordinators will be reaching out to the parents, typically by email, to provide route information so that the parent can know what to expect for their child. 
And, and on our website, we have an access where uh, a parent can type in their address and it can let them know what the stops are, what bus possibly they could ride. Absolutely. We have uh, what's called the Info Finder uh, tool that's tied into our routing software, which you can put your address in. It will show you, one, if bus service is available, two, uh, you know, where the stop locations are for your address, um, if there's a fee required uh, for transportation. So all that information is there. However, simply looking to see that uh, bus service is available doesn't necessarily mean that tomorrow morning you can put your child on the yeah. bus at that stop. It, it is not Uber. Uh, it is and, absolutely and, and not that, Uber. And that's one of the things. Sometimes, uh, Darren, parents will forget to register. It's every year you have to register for the bus. Just because you registered when you were a first grader, it doesn't carry you through a senior year. Correct. It is an annual process because... Of all the students you're transporting, all the routes and all the safety concerns, it takes a little while to make sure we have all the routes taken care of. Absolutely. We have limited number of employees. So a lot of the concerns that I get at the beginning of the year is why does it take so long to get my kid on the bus? <laughs> I filled out the form. Why does it take two, three days? I need to get them there. Okay. Well, on average, it does take that two to three days to schedule a student on the route. But in most cases, we can do it to begin the next day. Everything really depends upon... If there is route service uh, at the student's address, is there a bus going in the area? Do we have a stop that serves uh, that area? Do we have room on the route that serves that area? In a perfect world, if all of those things exist, then we can make it happen. Uh, when we have to do some adjustments, either adding a stop, rerouting a bus to, to make room, adjusting other routes, all of those things do take some time to make happen. Um, you know, So when, when that comes up, we have to push that just a little bit so that we can make sure that that's there. But it's more than just making sure that we have the route set. We then have to make sure that route maps are prepared, that uh, the driver's paperwork is prepared so that they know who to expect on the route. We communicate with the campus so that they know that the child has been approved to ride the bus so that they're placed on the bus in the afternoon to go home. Uh, all we want to do is make sure that we have the right information to serve the right students to make sure they get to the right location. Because it, it's not like a metro. It's not like the bus just pulls up to a stop and anybody can get on and anybody can get off. I mean, we have to make sure safety-wise we, we know who's getting on and where they're going. And so that's that's an utmost thing for transportation and communicating that to the drivers. Uh, certainly. When that information is not available, when the unexpected happens, that's when we're having to clean things up on the back end and try to address issues that have come up. And we really want to be proactive and make sure that everybody has the tools to keep our kids safe. And so, and I would say servicing uh, 60% of our population and the ins and outs of it, you do not have an unlimited office staff to handle all of those calls that may be coming in the first few weeks of school. H how many people do you really have answering phones well, uh, I can say that for this morning, there were two of us answering phones. Uh, because and you we, were probably one and, of them. And I, I was one of them this morning. Um, but, uh, you know, when we have absences, when we have routes that aren't covered, my office staff drives, my shop staff drives. It's all hands on deck to try to get things covered. So, uh, but, you know, on, on, a, on a great day, we might have four or five people uh, during route time who are answering phone calls. 
And, and, and with that, I just I, I, I accentuate that one because it is all hands on deck from from Mr. Cop driving bus routes to mechanics driving bus routes to office staff driving bus routes. The main goal is to get the kids to school. So it's never like we're sitting there going, well, you know, they'll get there when they get there. But for for parents, uh, it is important that you are proactive in, in getting the information to transportation so we can get them on a bus. Another proactive measure Mr. Cop has, has done for us uh how do we communicate to parents and guardians in case of delays or route changes or emergencies? Well, definitely in a perfect world, we would be on time all the time every day. But there's a lot of factors that are involved in this that impact that. Um, you know, those of you that have been in Pearland for a day or two understand that the train can be a problem. Uh, there are times that we might have all three of our crossings blocked. And uh, they're right in the center of town. So that, that definitely causes some problems with our routes and things can stack up fast. There are times that mechanical issues happen on a bus during route that we have to respond to. Uh, sometimes a student might get sick on the bus and uh, the driver has to stop and attend to the student and care for them, clean things up and, and move on. So there's definitely the unexpected that happens. But um, when we do have delays, and sometimes we have planned delays because we don't have routes that are covered. Uh, but we're trying to, to get creative as possible. But, um, uh, you know, with the significant issues we've seen in the ind industry over the last four years nationwide, driver shortages are a problem. So we have to get creative, and sometimes, um, it, like you said, it takes all hands on deck. And even beyond that, we have to start uh, splitting routes and doubling routes up and uh, having to go back. Right. So when, when you have calls in or sick days or, or something happens and you have to do that, you, you do have a plan that every route is covered, but if somebody calls in, you have to figure out the best way to, like you said, double up or cover routes. And, and sometimes that causes delays. Right. But uh, recently I got an email that I reached out to you. There was a delay in the high schools. There were some high school buses that were going to be delayed. And I asked you, well, why don't we just pick them up? And you said, well, Mr. Berger, we got a, a three-tiered system, and I need to get those elementary kids to school. Right. Uh, it's a safety issue concern, and we'll go back and get the high school. We don't want to delay anybody's education, but you really have a strategic, systematic approach of how you do things when, when issues happen. Right. We, we try to prioritize. Um, you know, certainly our students with special needs, that's our, our number one priority to make sure that those students are, are transported, served, um, and able to get to and from school safely, followed by our elementary students. Uh, we, we definitely don't want to have students uh, delayed standing on the side of the road longer than they need to, especially at that age group. Uh, so that's that's one of our high focus areas to make sure we have covered middle school, junior high um, and uh, high school. Those are some that, um, you know, we we can delay a little bit. Uh, high school, when we delay those, um, you know, we're able to communicate to the campus. Uh, a lot of times we're able uh, to communicate out to the students through uh, through our through our app and uh, communication methods. Uh, so they're what, what's that app called? Uh, we have the StopFinder app that uh, ties to our routing software that uh, parents, it's free to download. Uh, we have information on our website about it to where you can uh, download that. And when we do have delays that are in excess of about 20 minutes, we communicate out to the specific parents on that route that's impacted to let you know, 
hey, you know, the bus is going to be delayed today, and here's what you can expect when you can expect to start seeing students picked up on that route. And that's something you instituted knowing that communication was important and, and you tried to make it better. Absolutely. We've had that in place now for two years. Uh, we started in January of 22 and launched that. And, um, you know, my, my belief is as much as we can communicate and share out, even though we may be delayed, the better we can communicate, the better our community can plan and prepare uh, for it. So. And, I, and, I, and I know that uh, we are we are better than we were coming off of COVID. We've done, you've done some great things of training drivers and hiring drivers and created a culture where drivers want to stay. We uh, shout out to our school board for making sure that our pay is uh, competitive and, and we are doing, but going back to one of the most important things you do, and I get asked this a little bit, how does the transportation department ensure the safety of our students during their commute to and from school? Well, safety has to be the top top thing in our mind in everything that we do. And even before that bus rolls, we lay a lot of groundwork uh, in making sure that our students stay safe. Drivers are uh, provide a rigorous training in order to get licensed. Uh, they Beyond that, they have a certification that they have to obtain through the state of Texas, uh, which is a 20-hour certification initially, and then recertify every three years. Uh, we make sure that uh, they each have a medical exam each year. They're part of the federal drug and alcohol testing program. So we have a lot of things in place to ensure the qualifications are there uh, to ensure the safety. But also we, uh, we provide additional training for our drivers as far as student management training, working with students with special needs, all of the things that they may need in order to do their job. The vehicles themselves, before they ever roll, they're inspected, serviced, and repaired on a, a, a periodic basis to make sure they're safe to operate to carry our kids to and from. Uh, we have technology on the bus that helps assist with managing uh, the transportation system, whether that's cameras on the bus that can help us to, uh, you know, to, to review incidents and see whether we're talking a student management issue, whether we're talking um, a, a vehicle collision, driving concerns, any other situ situation that may come up, we have uh, tools that we can use to help us in reviewing that. Two-way radios, GPS, all of those things give us the ability to, to communicate with our drivers. But one of the biggest things is ensuring that we know who is on the bus by having students register to ride so that we can plan and make sure that we have the information so that everywhere every student is uh, transported where they're supposed to go and released in a safe way. And that, that's, again, coming back up, uh, just making sure that we are proactive in registering our students every year. It's an annual process for that transportation ride. Now, something you and I hear often uh, is the paid ridership. Well, you know, I pay taxes and we get all this money to transport kids. Why do I have to pay if I'm in our, within the two miles, that, that radius? How does that come into play? So school transportation is a service that actually school districts are not required to provide except for students with disabilities um, who require that transportation to access their, their service. Uh, but Pearland has chosen to offer this service to support additional students. Uh, because of this, the state will provide us some funding, but only for any student that is, uh, lives two or more miles away from their school. And with that, those routes that we use to provide that transportation, we get about 20% of the cost of that transportation back from the state. The rest of that is all local taxpayer funds that are used to, uh, to support that. 
Um, so like most things in public education, we don't get fully funded from the state for everything that we provide. That is correct. Um, but for well over 60 years, Pearland has made an optional bus service available to students who live within two miles. Um, but we do have to charge a fee for that because of the lack of funding that, that we have available to provide that service. Right, because if you live within two miles of the school, we get zero funding we get for zero you if you funding. ride a bus. That's correct. So, you know, without that, we would have to discontinue the service, which would mean that we would see a lot more students being transported by parents, more cars at the campus, much more traffic congestion around the schools and all those kinds of things. So we do want to offer the service uh, and allow people to opt into that, but we do have to charge a fee to cover our expenses to be able to offer it. And I think it's important to say it's not just because we we want to charge. I mean, we want our kids to be there, but... Uh, we don't have an endless supply of money, so we, as always, our community helps support us. And that's and and that's where the registration comes into play as well, so that we can make sure that we're being as efficient as we can to support those who are requiring the service. And for those um, you know that may have multiple students in the household uh, who are paid riders, we uh, offer a discounted rate for multiple children in the same household. We uh, offer a discounted rate for families who qualify for free and reduced meals. Uh, through the food service department as well. So we do have things in place to help uh, address those issues. Right, because we don't, we don't want anything to be a barrier. So uh, kind of last question about transportation before we move on to talking about you. Uh, what would you like for our community to know about school transportation that they might not understand or might help them with the process? Well, I would like for our families and communities to understand that the yellow bus is more than just a way to and from school. Our team, our entire team, is truly committed to being a partner with our families and our schools to support our students throughout their education. We see students first thing in the morning, and that sets the tone for the day for the students. We get them to school, hopefully in a frame of mind, ready to learn and be successful. And we're also the last contact that they have with Pearland ISD each afternoon. So our drivers and monitors, uh, in addition to that, they travel the same streets day after day, see the same students and families throughout the year, and they can recognize when something doesn't look right. So we're pretty much the eyes of the community, and we have the ability to, to, to see something, say something, and share information out. So that's really helpful. Um, I would like to say that the month of February is designated as National Love the Bus Month, and we would love for our families and community to recognize the virtues of the yellow bus and to show some love to our team of dedicated professionals. That would really help out. Definitely love the bus. Uh, so now we move to a portion. Oh, wait. It's that time of the program. <laughs> Producer Mac. Oh, I just wanted to point out something because I could talk about transportation all day because my mom was a bus driver. She drove for uh, Pearland and Friendswood ISD. And I think and she, I actually worked with your mom. You did. <laughs> and um, just one thing I'd like to highlight is, you know, there during this last freeze that we had, everybody was worried about the buses and the heat and stuff. And... When Berger sent me the picture of y'all having the buses warmed up and ready to go, like, I was like, that is the heart of the bus driver. That is, you know, just making sure that our kids are warm. And my kids ride the bus and, you know, I have the Stop Finder app. And, I mean, y'all do such a great job in keeping these kids safe and warm and loved, too, because my mom built so many relationships with the students and their parents. And so... um 
the bus, the transportation department here is amazing. So thank well, you. thank you for that. I, yeah. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I can't do it without my team. I have an amazing team that I would put up against any transportation department here in the state of Texas. And I know a lot of them. So, well, I, I, I would echo what producer Max says, both my pawpaw who drove me to school in a bus and my mom were bus drivers. So I understand the power uh, of a bus driver. Well, we can get you taken school. care of too. So come on down. I still have the packet on my desk to qualify to be a driver. Uh, we need to keep kids safe and probably burger not behind the wheel. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Cop. We go through these rapid-fire questions. Whatever comes to mind, uh, please throw it out there. What is your best high school memory? Well, I'm a product of Pearland. I've uh, been here 47 years, and uh, some of the best times I had in high school uh, was when I was part of the Pearland High School Choir. I've always enjoyed singing and built some great friendships, uh, many of which I still have today. Um, I even met my wife 32 years ago in the choir, and uh, so I guess that probably better be one of my best memories of high school. Uh, so, But uh, even today, I still sing with one of my fellow PHS choir members uh, on Sunday mornings at church. That is a good call to say that meeting your wife is your best <laughs> high school memory. Uh, who or what is your greatest inspiration? You know, I have a lot of different inspirations in different areas of my life, but um, I would say in transportation that uh, some of the amazing bus drivers I've had uh, when I was in school uh, were really helped set the tone for me. Uh, 42 years ago, I stepped up on bus 41, and Miss Kathy Hood greeted me and took me to kindergarten, and uh, that really started things out. Uh, rode bus 2 with Miss Roden in uh, uh, Shady Crest, bus 45 with Miss Sears in junior high, but the greatest greatest driver that I had over my years was uh, Miss Carolyn Gibson who drove bus 12 when I was in Jameson and again in high school. She knew all of us on the route. She knew our parents. She definitely knew our parents, a lot of them <laughs> more than others. Uh, but uh, she would ask about our day. She cared for us. She knew when we were down and she just really made us each feel like we were special to her. And I was fortunate that I had the opportunity to visit with her after she retired uh, and I had come back to Pearland to work in transportation 20 years ago, and um, I just was really glad that I had the opportunity to visit with her and, and share with her how important that was to me. Oh, that what an awesome circle to have a a bus driver make that impact on you and look at you are now leading the whole transportation. That's cool. So with that, if you weren't leading transportation, what profession other than the one you have would you like to have attempted? I've always enjoyed cooking for large groups. And, really? Uh, I've, I've never had you cook before. Well, you know, um, uh, family gatherings, you know, my staff, we, we loved eating transportation, so uh, we, we definitely... You make some, a mean pancake. Oh, well, th thank you. I try. Um, you know, at church, all of that kind of stuff. So I think probably somewhere where I could, you know, cook and watch people enjoy what it is I've made, I think would be a fun So fun what is the go-to meal for Chef Cop? Oh, wow. Um Breakfast tacos are uh, yeah they're, they're 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 pretty on point so I need an invitation yeah. so yeah we need we need some <laughs> transportation tacos could we have a transportation taco bus oh that would be cool yeah okay. you know I what? like that we're always looking for ways for revenue we could be there doing cops go. tacos there you go uh, what movie do you enjoy quoting the most I probably watch more movies and TV than I care to admit. Uh, but one that probably stands out to me is real quotable uh, for different occasions is Christmas Vacation. I mean, no matter what time of the year, there's something from Christmas Vacation you can pull out and, 
You know, I think that's probably the gift that the, the gift that keeps on giving the whole year round, Clark. <laughs> I think that's the second time that movie's come up on the podcast. <laughs> we'll have to keep track as we go along. But I agree with you. There are there are many quotable moments in, in that movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, it, it doesn't have to be Christmas free to watch it. It is a great movie. So this one, uh, you know, we've had a couple people break out in song at the table. And being that you met your wife and you were in choir and you're still singing, so I expect you to be the greatest here. What is your go-to karaoke song? You know, it's weird. Um, as as somebody that's enjoyed singing my whole life, I'm not a huge karaoke person, really. But uh, when when the moments come, uh, you know, something country, something with a good strong, good strong melody, man, I'm I'm on it, and that's. Yeah, you know, whether it's Alabama, George Jones, Charlie Pride, man, I can, I can go to town. Well, it doesn't have to be a country song, but you know, choir singing mm-hmm. in the church. Mm-hmm. Met your wife in choir. There's got to be a tune that you could throw out a short little ditty for our audience. Oh, on the spot, folks. Let's see if he steps up. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. About if you that. want to see Mr. Cop, you may have to go to church. You may have, you may have to come see me at church. <laughs> you have the Charlie Pride, the deep voice. So I would like to hear Charlie Pride come out so maybe we can combine that when we get the transportation cop taco bus he can also sing to his customers (laughs) well final thought everything we do is focused on student growth and opportunity what message would you like to give to all of our students i would really say that um you need to focus on on what interests you you need to focus on um on where you can make a difference. And as long as you are keeping focused on that and you are, um, uh, that, that, that you're... You're doing what you want to do in life. As long as you're doing what you want to do in life. Don't you, let the it, barrier stop you. Right, don't let the barrier stop you. Let you. Make sure that you are doing something where you can make a difference, where you can make the world a better place for those around you, then keep on doing that. I mean, you, you, you model that because you live the philosophy, it's not about you, it's about we. I Absolutely. mean, you, you are not a, a centered person, you are a service-oriented person, and so I think that's the message you're trying to give to the kids is, don't always focus on you. Right. Focus on others. Yeah, I, I can't do what I do to get all these kids uh, that, that we take to and from school each day. That's not me. That is truly the team that I have around me who are committed to, to making the world a better place for the students. And students need to understand that, that it, it, it takes a team. You can't do this by yourself. Uh, I could not do this podcast without the wonderful guests that come to us. We could not build Pearland Proud without them. And I definitely couldn't do it without our producer, Mac. So this concludes this episode of the Building Blocks podcast. Don't forget to check our website. We are updating it. If you have questions, suggestions, please let us know. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember, you can be a roadblock or you can be a building block. You can't always change what happens, but you can change how you respond. Make it a great day or not, the choice is always yours, as always. Proud Superintendent Mr. Berger, and I hope to speak with you soon.